0: Good morning. It's Mike Demo, and today September 12th, 2022. I was going through my morning, I don't know if you want to call it a meditation process, just getting clarity, and I had a thought about what today means. See, today, we're 21 years out from September 11th, uh, That was obviously yesterday. And a lot of my friends had shared their thoughts about where they were, what happened, you know, myself already being in the Marine Corps, their different feelings, obviously. But what doesn't get talked about a lot is the feeling the day after. And more so now, Than ever. I thought that that was a germane topic to have a little bit of a heart to heart about. See, what was different then is regardless of frivolous things like your party affiliation, immutable characteristics that people tell you make you different, or beliefs on topic A, B, or C, or who. We like in yay sports. None of that mattered because we were all in alignment and we were in alignment as Americans. And one of the greatest travesties that I can think of in my lifetime isn't 9 11, but what's happened since. And Mike, what do you mean by that? Well, over time, I've developed and come to understand and learn a little bit more. Things like the Patriot Act sounded great at the time. Not, not great. And this is going to be a recurring theme about individual agency and being a part of a community. See how my beliefs have transitioned over the last 20 years. Actually, in a lot of ways, they've Stayed pretty consistent, but the way that I can explain it is better. I am a firm believer in the value of individual agency and empowering the individual to greatness. And when I was younger, I thought that a certain party stood for that. Um, I've changed that opinion. That doesn't mean I think the other party is any better. I've come to that conclusion as well because. Well, during the last 21 years, I've seen both sides do interesting things that take away your ability to live a free and fulfilled life. So I'm not saying one's necessarily better than the other. So if you're looking for a political dialogue at the end of this, not not looking to do that. Because that's rooting for laundry, just like uh, the football games that happened over the weekend. Well, my team, this team is like, no, we're all on one team. And the American flag represents that team. Doesn't mean it's a perfect team, but that's the team that we are all on. And the divisiveness that we've seen where, I'll talk about the current president and talking about Um, MAGA, Trump, or whatever the heck that red backlit scene was. Like, I don't know who's running the things back there, but they have a purpose, and I don't know that it's in alignment with like our purpose, the big R, not, um, like me personally. It seems very divisive. Um, and I've seen that a lot recently. And I understand why they're doing it from a tactical level if the goal is something that I'm not really going to talk about here. But breaking people up into their identity characteristics is splitting people up to con- divide and conquer. Now, that goes so far as the Flags from the colonies where it said join or die is now evidently an extremist view. Unity and believing in and taking care of your fellow man is now a divisive view. And we want to think about that for a minute. Because it's not saying we want this country for ourselves. No, we want this for everybody. And on September twelfth, two thousand one, we all wanted the best for each other. And we wanted to heal. My personal belief is that we need that again. And I just, I understand now that those catalyzing moments are something that helps to do that because shared pain across the board makes everybody kind of get in alignment. That's why, um, uh, what was his name? Axelrod? Uh, from back about 12 years ago, said never let a tragedy goes to go to waste or an emergency go to waste. People that know me know that I'm not the best with analogies. Um, that's fine, but over time, it's been used to instead of help unite us. It's been vulcanizing towards a viewpoint that doesn't lead to integration, and being compatible. And we have to think about why. You know, when I look at a business, if the leader is sending a message that doesn't unite his team and puts other people into a group of others, I have to wonder what's going on with that. You know, obviously, the leader sets the culture of the team but this would be a situation where we already have the founding ethos in place. Uh, that started between 1775 and 1789, 91, if I'm really technical. So we know, <clears throat> excuse me, we know our founding principles. And while the individuals that put those principles together may be flawed, that doesn't make their points any less relevant. Using the business example again, I know many companies that are doing certain trainings nowadays that are based in a non-unifying way. They're based on teachings that are designed to split and divide. And as somebody that was a big proponent and studying Dr. Martin Luther King's messages, coming together peacefully and in unity is something that is very important. Being able to see your fellow man as an individual who has beautiful gifts to give to the universe, that's an important thing. When you start to break people down into their marginal characteristics that are mutable, you're bringing us back 70 years. It's not great. I, I'm trying not to use vulgar language on this recording, but if somebody's looking to break you down into your individual parts and pieces, instead of looking at you as the whole person that you are, that person is the enemy. They've never not been the enemy. It's always been that way. They're taking away your individual agency because of their belief that you should care more about these individual pieces instead of the whole person that you are. That person is not to be trusted. That person has never to been trusted. And it worries me that a lot of people feel that way now, and it's not their fault. I've had plenty of conversations with people that live around me that politically don't fit in the same end of the spectrum, which is ironic because on September 12th, I registered to the same party that they did. I was in alignment with a lot of things back then, but that's been a major shift. Like my core beliefs in the power of the individual have not changed, but something did and that something is very concerning. And that something has happened under both sides of the aisle. Again, I'm not throwing shade just at the current party in office. But there seems to be a trend there where having a organization based on fractions of things, it's a great way to get votes. But do you actually care about the actual entire human being? And again, I'm not going to tell you, you know, candidate X, candidate Y, it doesn't matter for the point of the conversation we're having here today. What matters is you understand that if you are, as a person, being divided up and judged based on your mutable characteristics, they're putting you into a position where they're trying to divide you, just like they're trying to divide us. Dividing us is not an option. Now, I don't see either side of the aisle doing things to necessarily bring us together and unify us. That's why we need to have this conversation. See, America doesn't get fixed in Washington, D.C. It doesn't get fixed on the mainstream news. It doesn't get fixed on Twitter. It doesn't get fixed on Facebook. Where it gets fixed is in your neighborhood. In your neighborhood, you have the most impact. That is why we are not a democracy. We are a constitutional republic. As a constitutional republic, the power goes down to the smallest unit, which is the individual, and then the town, and the county, and then the state, and then the federal government. That is the system that we designed, and we designed it that way to give the most power to the lowest level so that we don't have 535 people in one room or one group of buildings, making decisions for everybody, because that group cannot represent all of us. We are all united as a nation, but there are variances. You know, the people that are digging coal up in West Virginia have a different experience than the people in Manhattan. Nobody's going to argue that. The people out in Arizona, it's a little bit different than it's going to be in Minnesota. And that's the beauty of our system. That's the beauty of having all these beautiful differences that come together to create excellence as a whole and not judging them because, you know, New Hampshire, well, it's really just really cool places to go on vacation. No, that's not what we're looking at. We're looking at the unique gifts that everybody brings to the table that help enrich us as a whole. And what I'm seeing a lot of nowadays is breaking people down using words like equity, which doesn't mean what you think it means. And that's concerning. Whenever you set different standards for different people and artificially try to create something, you create friction points. And anytime that you're preferring one over the other, Instead of looking at them for their God-given abilities, that's a problem. In business, that doesn't mean that the best rise to the top. It should never be that way. You should always be looking at somebody for what they bring to the table, especially on the potential side of the house. See, I've experienced where because I didn't have a degree, I couldn't get a job in corporate America. Looks like it's their loss. But that mindset is flawed. Do you really need a college degree to be successful in America? No. The books that I have behind me, they could, they could be a master's class. They will be, actually. Um, stay tuned for that. Today's not the day. But we need to understand that there's beautiful people all around us. And we all want the same thing. I'm reminded of a conversation that I had with one of my neighbors who on paper falls very far out of scale with where my proposed beliefs are. Now, mind you, 20 years ago, my beliefs would have been considered rather, um, I guess if we're using colors, very, very blue, very blue. Those views haven't really changed because they're based on classical liberalism. They're based on the views of the enlightenment and the value of the individual and the greatness of the individual when they are let free to contribute to society. I President Reagan said it best. Like, I didn't leave X party, X party left me. Well, it seems like it's been a trend for a while then, because that was back in like the sixties. So just something to consider is as the Overton window has shifted, Has it shifted for the better? I'd argue that it has not. And I'd also argue that one side or the other, neither one is doing a great job of representing. That's why it's up to us to bring it back to the local level, have those conversations with the neighbors. An example is talking about whatever's going on in your local community with the people that you care about. Whether it's what's being taught in schools, a little bit of a loaded topic, but critical race theory. I don't want my son learning that. And my neighbor said, what, you don't want to talk about slavery? He's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm happy to have that conversation. But I want to have the whole conversation and provide context, not just say, well, America's bad because we had slavery. Well, we did. Everyone else did, too, by the way, Um, going all the way back to the ancient Egyptians, the Hittites, Sumerians. Like, we can go all the way back. But let's also talk about where it exists now in China, in Africa. Let's talk about how that process started, how it is a scar on humanity, and have a conversation about how we moved away from it. It wasn't a perfect process, but... If we judge everybody by the standards of today, everybody fails that test, which is why you see the mob going back and looking over 10 years of social media history to cancel people. If we have an ever evolving standard and we can't judge people for the time that they were in, we'll never have history. We'll just have judgment. And that doesn't fit the 912 mindset. The 912 mindset is accommodating. It's caring. It's taking care of your neighbor in their time of need. That's what we need to get back to. It's being able to understand that regardless of whatever political views you have, we probably agree on 95% of things. And the 5% that we don't agree on doesn't make, oh, you want to. Kill the trees and the water, or you want to bring on socialism. <clears throat> it's implementing the idea. That's where the disagreements usually stem from. Me personally, I believe in individual agency and anything that limits individual agency is not in the best interest of the people. So that makes my position very simple. I want the same things you do, but I want it to happen in a way that empowers the individual. Usually that means not giving Washington, D.C. more power. And that's just because I understand having seen the government organization, seen how the military works, giving authority down to the smallest units makes for a more flexible, more responsive, better outcome for everybody. So I don't want to go too long today, but as we think about how we felt on 9-12-2001, What can we do on a daily basis to bring that back, even in a small way? What can we do for our community to give, not just receive? What can we do for our neighbors that is giving and not receiving? How can we help out our communities? Simple things. It doesn't have to be a massive shift on day one. But like I tell my son, if you improve 1% every day at something, over the course of a year, you're going to start to become unrecognizable to others. And if we all let down some of the things that we do to sedate and get away from reality and just use that time to get 1% better at something, we can make a massive shift in the not too distant future. I'm Mike Demo. Um, if you want to connect with me, Grow with Delta, that's my LLC. Uh, feel free to reach out to me there if there's some time in my calendar. Uh, engage me on the social profiles that this will be posted on. And I look forward to continuing the conversation.